Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. That sounded like Uncle Leo. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Well, we're, unfortunately, Jerry. we're not. Yeah, Jerry. Unfortunately, we're not doing Hi. an episode. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Stephen. Unfortunately, we're not doing an episode of Uncle Leo tonight. We're actually doing a, a what's the deal with for another character, which we're going to get into very shortly. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And you're on But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, Seinfeld podcast about the secondary and minor characters of this wonderful show, Seinfeld. Now, Stephen, how's your week been, man? Uh, it's been pretty good. It's yeah. been pretty good. Pretty good. Um, lots of Seinfeld stuff happening. Oh, yeah, you've got uh, some Seinfeld news for us. I do, which I'll get into a bit later. Um, I Excellent. don't have any Seinfeldisms, but that's okay. No, I, I didn't um, get any either, actually. Yeah, it's it was a Seinfeldless week. Uh, but that's okay. We've got lots of news and we've got lots to talk about. Well, it was, uh, it was certainly a week about nothing. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, the week itself is a Seinfeldism. There it you is. go. It is. It's nothing. So there you go. Usually we do Seinfeldisms at the end of the show, but uh, we happen to, to do it now. So there you go. Done. Yeah, normally at the end it's like micro Seinfeldisms, just little moments. But this was a macro Seinfeldism. A, macro, a giant yes. week-long Seinfeldism. Exactly. Exactly. I've, I've, instead of – I think I've made comments about how – you know, since we've started doing this podcast, I've noticed more Seinfeld type stuff just pop up in my life. I've become more aware of it. Now I've now I've transcended and my life is Seinfeld. <laughs> Your life is Seinfeld. You're like yeah. a mix between George and Jerry and Kramer. And a yeah. bit of Elaine, a bit of the feistiness of Elaine. That's it. What do what do futurists call when technology uh, will will become one with biology? Oh, the singularity. Singularity, yeah. I've, like I've achieved the Seinfeldarity. <laughs> Seinfeldarity, that's good. The, si- the singularity. There you ah, go. Fantastic. There you go. That's one to add to the books. So. So, yeah, I've just transcended uh, human experience. How's your week been, Ivan? Oh, well, I haven't been as good as that, actually. <laughs> no, no, no transcending here. No, it's been pretty cruisy, actually. It hasn't haven't done too yeah. much. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Pretty pretty easy. Pretty uh, weak about nothing, like I said, Stephen. So, there you go. Yeah, well, you, we both transcended. We exactly. both elevated. Yes, we have. <laughs> we sure have. Our consciousness. Our consciousness. I know. We're kind of like, we're almost like one. Exactly. Yeah. We're the same person. We're we're just actually one person with a split personality recording. Exactly. I mean, we could be <laughs> Steve-Ann or Ivan. Oh, wait. That's the same. No. Steve-Ann. Steve-Ann. We're crazy Joe Devola. Yeah, crazy Joe Devola, which hopefully we can do an episode of him one day, which would be good. We will. We will. Yes. We'll get around to them all. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, let's, uh, let's get into today's episode. Yes, we sure will. It is episode two of season two. And as you know, whether you're a first time listener or you're a veteran of Bidwabask, if you've been listening since day one, every fifth episode of this series, we do a special character analysis. So we don't focus on one episode, but just one special secondary character of Seinfeld. And uh, we call this series What's the Deal With? So it's always a very special one, and we do get quite a few requests for characters for this one. And uh, for this one today, my goodness, we've had, Stephen, we've had so many asking for this one, haven't we? I think this has probably been the number one request. Yeah. Uh, you know, naturally, it, it's understandable. He is the primary secondary character, as I like to call him. You sure can. And we're talking about everyone's favorite neighbor who's the post officer or post man, Newman. 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 What's Jerry Simon. Jerry Seinfeld's arch enemy. Exactly. So what is the deal with Newman? So that's today's episode. And if you have an opinion on Newman or if you have a request for an episode you'd like to listen to, head on down to your emails and send us an email, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. 
Yep, and uh, get in touch with us on social media. Our handle is at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes. And, and we also have a website too. Yes, we, uh, we do. Bidwabask.com. And you can actually stream all of our season one episodes there, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Yep, and you can actually put our last episode, season two, episode one. That's actually on Bidwabask.com now as well. So you can listen to that. And uh, on Wednesday when we put this one out, this will be on the website too. The new yeah. Episode, I, so go for it. I don't think we mentioned it last week, but it's probably important just for housekeeping. Uh, we uh, Season one, we were releasing on Fridays, but we've decided to change it to Wednesdays. Yeah, so something different. Yeah, if you kept uh, your eye out on Fridays for new episodes, just um, change your eye-keeping day to Wednesday. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you get podcasts. Yeah, and leave us a review too. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. We'd love to hear from you, good or bad. That's it. Yes. Here we go, man. It's Newman. What's the it's deal Newman. with Newman for the 20, 20th ever episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character? It's a big one. It's a massive one. Do, I, might, um, I might talk uh, some Seinfeld news. What do you think? Oh, yes, we shall do that. Here it is, Seinfeld News with Stephen. Okay, so to start off this week's Seinfeld news, and uh, this is the week ending uh, August 7, actually, which is on Monday. So it's news up until then. So Yes, and I have something really special to mention about the 7th of August, but I'll I'll mention that after the news. Yeah, we'll get into that a bit later. Uh, So by the time you're listening to this, there may be more Seinfeld news because there seems to be a constant stream of it these days. Absolutely. So number one... uh, I watched this, actually. Brian Cranston uh, was being interviewed on a show called Talking. Mm. Um, I don't know much about the show. And he was reminiscing. The interviewer was asking him about uh, Seinfeld, um, where he played Tim Watley, the uh, the drug-giving dentist, shall That's we say. That's right. Oh, more than drugs. <laughs> That's it. And he was he was asking him about his favorite, favorite part of uh, being on Seinfeld. Yes. And he said it was the one time he was able to make Jerry laugh, which ironically... Is, is hard to do because, you know, he's a comedian, but it apparently is. he doesn't laugh that much. And, and what did he um, laugh about? So he, the scene where um, Jerry's being put under, this is in the Jimmy, which we've actually done. What yes. episode is that? Uh, that was, I can get that for you, that was season one episode, I'm just going through it now, episode 13, season one, okay. episode 13. Yeah, so have a listen to that. Yes. Um, we talk a bit about Tim Watley, but he'll get his own episode of what's to deal with at some point too. He sure will. Yeah, so... In that, in that, um, in the Jimmy, he is putting Jerry under um, under gas, and there's a bit where you see through Jerry's point of view, and uh, and Tim gives himself a hit of gas as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, and that apparently funny. that was that was just suggested on the fly by a lighting guy. Yeah, um, and 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 Brian did it, and apparently <laughs> Jerry laughed at it. Um, so they did another take, and Brian thought that it was just a one-off of a fluke to make Jerry laugh, and apparently he laughed harder the second time. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, even uh, Larry David, who doesn't laugh at all, apparently he's got he's got a sense of humor, but he just doesn't express it. You know, no. He even said to Brian, that's funny, do that again. Jerry, don't laugh this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah getting Jerry to laugh would be crazy. That would be like... Finding the Holy Grail, you know. That's it. Crazy. Yes, yeah, so apparently making Jerry laugh and even uh, getting an acknowledgement from Larry David was his highlight. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was fun. Ah, oh, what well on uh, Brian? Good on you. Yeah. So a second one. Um, Seinfeld actually won a Heritage Award. So the TCA, which heritage. is heritage. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's already heritage. Jesus. How, how old does the show have to be to be heritage? Twenty-five years. 
I guess so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's different standards. I mean, nice. buildings have to be 100 years. Yeah, I know. But there's not there's not too many TV shows that are 100 years old because, you know, television's only been around since, what, the 40s in the United States? Well, 50s in Australia? Insignificant detail, Ivan. Yeah, oh, well, anyway. <laughs> I can't wait for the first ever show to turn 100 years old in 2040-something. Yeah, That's going to be crazy. Something overly wholesome and terrible from that time. Yeah. Good evening, and welcome to television. That's the uh, that's the Australian. What happened the first? That was the first telecast in Australia. GTV nine. Okay, there you yes. go. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, so TCA is the Television Critics Association, and they have a, a yearly award ceremony. Okay. Uh, yeah. Basically, they award um, excellence in television, and uh, Seinfeld won this year's Heritage Award. Oh. Um, apparently, it was presented to a former NBC uh, executive. His name's Warren Littlefield, yep. and he uh, he worked at, at NBC um, when when Seinfeld was originally aired in the nineties. So yeah, he yeah he was presented with the award. So Fantastic. another. Another small uh, trophy in the very large cabinet of Seinfeld's history. Yeah, all the Emmys and all the Golden Globes and yeah. all the other awards they've won. Geez, that, that cabinet would be quite full. Yeah, and they're just going to keep rolling in as time goes on. They sure will. <laughs> yeah, so um, as a lot of our Australian listeners would know, and maybe some international listeners, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's over here at the moment touring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a month-long tour, um, and he kicked it off in Adelaide last week, um, and he played a couple of shows in Melbourne over the weekend, I believe. And, you know, the reviews came in and I actually read a couple and there were a couple of articles written about him. Uh, One was actually written by Judith Lucy, who's a well-known Australian comedian. Yes, I actually read her article. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. I I really liked it. She she basically said that um, when she first heard about Jerry Seinfeld in the 90s, she wasn't really a fan because she just thought of him as just another boring white guy making, you know, sort of boring, inoffensive, observational um, humor, comedy, humor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but as the show got more famous in the '90s, she became a big fan. Um, and now she she went and actually saw him, I think, in Melbourne on Friday or Saturday yeah, night. Sure. Um, and she admitted that he's he's a he's a genuine master, and you know she has nothing but respect for him. So, um, yeah, really good article. I think she wrote it for the Sydney Morning Herald. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Jump on their website and have a search for it. Yeah, um, it's, awesome. It's really it's a really cool article to see her sort of initially not be a fan and then and then change her mind um, yeah. once she saw him live, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe if she listens to Bidwa Basque, Judith, if you're listening, you can uh, you can get in on the action too and, and like Seinfeld even more. Yeah. Subscribe, Judith. Come on. Come on, board, Judith. <laughs> yeah, she'd be an awesome podcast guest. She'd yeah, be so, she'd be fantastic. She's so good. I love her so much. Well, if you know Judith, if you're a listener and you know Judith Lucy personally, get in touch, yeah? <laughs> I know I know she Poor listens to I know she lives in St Kilda in Melbourne. Yeah. So you know, I just have to pretend to just be hanging out there a lot. And, oh, Judith. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be one of the. I'll be one of the street walkers at night. You, <laughs> Judith. That's it. In yeah. a in a comedically high voice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so the fifth bit of news. A um, this is not Seinfeld related directly, but it's kind of Seinfeld ish. So. Yes. Um, last week, a New Zealand man admitted to the press. I didn't quite find out where, like how he admitted this, whether it was in an interview or, or whatever, but he admitted to the New Zealand press that for the last 20 years, he was painting his own parking lines on his street, <laughs> which nice. is similar to the episode. I can't remember what it's called, but Kramer adopts a stretch of highway. Yes, that's right. As as like a favour to to um to drivers on that bit of highway. Yeah, he he paints out a couple of lanes, so they're really wide lanes. That's right. Yes, yes. It's it's, it's one of the later episodes. I think season eight. Yeah, season maybe? eight or nine. 
Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a really famous scene of, um, or a really good scene of uh, Kramer hanging out his front door, and he's got a like a paint roller, yeah, a yeah, yeah, of good. paint. Yeah, and just, just rolling the lines. Yeah, that's and it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so what this guy was doing was on his street somewhere in New Zealand, he was painting fake no parking lines, like yellow lines on one side of the street. Yeah. So that people wouldn't turn up and park there, because he he felt like the more cars that were there, the more that the 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 safety of the neighbourhood was compromised. Yeah. Um. So he did it as a as what he called a homemade safety initiative. <laughs> homemade safety. And yeah. Homemade I, safety initiative. That's it. Initiative. It's if you're it. from New Zealand, hey. Sorry, sorry about that shitty accent, <laughs> yeah. but it's okay. It's okay. Um, it's okay. Oh, it's choice is, bro. Choice is. Um, choice is. Choice is. Uh, yeah, I saw a picture of the lines actually, and they were so bad, like oh, so, wow. just so so bad. Yeah. And apparently, the local council in his area had known it, known about it for years. Like, uh, like local residents and neighbours had made a bunch of complaints, but basically, like any local council, they just did fuck all. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the last bit, um, another article actually. So. Last week, The Guardian, which is a pretty well-known um, left-leaning newspaper, yeah. um, they wrote an article, and I can't remember what the title was, but it basically listed about 10 TV shows from the 90s and I think the noughties as well yeah. um, that they considered problematic um, in regards to sort of TV stereotypes like racist stereotypes and gender stereotypes, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, Seinfeld made that list. So yes, there were a couple of episodes that they weren't uh, too happy about, Cigar Store yeah. Indian, uh, Chinese Woman. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I, 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 you know, I read it and, you know, my personal point of view is in agreement with a lot of it. A lot of it I didn't agree with because I think you have to put it in its place and time. Exactly. And it's a show from 25 years ago. I mean, you can't can't just criticize a show from 25 years ago. You can, of course, you can make your points, but you can't retroactively condemn it. You know what I mean? That's that's the past and that's what it was like at the time. You know, you got to go with it. Yeah, I think I think if it was viewed, if if the article was written in a case of like, if this show was airing now, it would be heavily problematic. Oh, but of course, case, of course, yeah, it, definitely. Like I'm sure I'm sure to some people at that time it was problematic, but maybe not as much as these days because times have changed, and that's yes, fine. Yes. Um, you know, so I agreed with a lot of their points, but I just didn't like the the context in which it was written. It wasn't sort of. Yeah, like you said, it was retroactively condemned, and yeah. it's kind of it's kind of redundant now. It's it like, sounded a bit elitist, in my opinion, the newspaper article. You know, like, yeah, it just sounded elitist. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's just my thing. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I agree with a lot of the points made, mm. but I don't I don't agree with the way that they were made. I guess. So, no, no. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, it, you also have to be mindful of the fact that it's hard to it's hard to say what groups of people should or shouldn't feel when you're not part of that group. Of so, course, of course. You know, anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's that's another interesting article. Um, they talk about Friends as well. Um, yeah. And a bunch of, even The Simpsons. Even they, The Simpsons, um, they're not happy with uh, up the portrayal of Apu, even though he's one of the most popular secondary characters on the show. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, their point is made well in terms of he is basically a stereotype of, of Indians in America, or as Americans see India, but uh, yeah. Indians, I should say. But anyway... Um, yeah, but another interesting article if you want to have a read. Very interesting. That's, that's it. So a lot of good stuff uh, to read online this week, which is really cool. Indeed. And um, if you have a story that we've missed, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you have a Seinfeld experience you want to let us know about, give us, uh, yeah. give us a line. If you've been if you've been painting fake 
no parking lines in your neighbourhood, <laughs> let us know. Exactly. Or any other Seinfeldism. That'd be great. That's it. Oh, and by the way, if, you're, um, if your name is Seven, or if you know anyone by the name of Seven, I'll probably let you talk about this, Ivan. Oh, yes. Well, for the next couple of months, we're doing the Seven Degrees of Separation campaign. So we're after as many people named Seven, or even Soda, as we can. We've got a couple of people who've emailed us and told us uh, they know a couple of people called Seven. They're not Seven themselves. But uh, if your name is Seven, or if you do know a Seven, you know, whether you work with them or whether you they're a family member or something, please let us know. We want to collate as many as we can, and uh, I reckon that the best response, we might send something out. Yeah, I was going to say, if your name is Seven and you can prove it, you know, by sending like a photo of an ID or something that would prove that your name's Seven, we'll definitely send something to you. We'll send something to you. But the, I reckon the best, the best, uh, the best response, the best reason. I think. Okay. We have a yeah. few. We have a few entries so far, but uh, if you can, if you can get in touch, that'd be awesome. I don't imagine there'll be many Sevens out there, but hopefully we get a good, uh, a good amount. If we get a good five or ten, I'd be wrapped. Yeah, that's awesome. Imagine if we got seven, we'd just be like, oh, oh. That, that that's done. You'll all get you'll get a prize, all seven of you. We'll, we'll send you we'll send you all a can of soda. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ironic. We'll, we'll we'll have sex with your cousin. Oh, no, well, <laughs> I can't, but I'm sure you can. <laughs> Good on you, mate. I'm already taken, sorry. All right, coming up after this okay. break, this is a What's the Deal With episode, and this week you've asked for it and we've given it to you. We're talking about our favourite secondary, or one of our favourites, rather, Newman. Stay Newman. with us. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. It's pretty hot under these lights, huh, Seinfeld? Pretty hot. Actually, I'm quite comfortable. Can I have a sip? No. Not gonna play ball, huh? Welcome back to, but I don't want to be a secondary character, a Seinfeld podcast about the excellent show Seinfeld and its yes. secondary characters. And uh, you're with Stephen and, and my friend... Ivan. Sorry, I, I, cut, I cut your lunch again. That's all right. <laughs> I, I stole half of your introduction, so that's fine. No, that, you did just fine. That's it. And uh, today we're talking about a much beloved secondary character. The main secondary character, you could argue. Well, it's it's actually inarguable. He is the main secondary character. I, I'd say he's like, you know, like the unofficial fifth beetle, you know? He's like the fifth yeah. part of the core four, in a way. That's it. Four and a half, yes. if you will. That's a good way. He's kind of the Yoko Ono of, um, of the core four. He's trying to break them up. But he didn't ruin the show, the finale. No, he didn't. He, he made it a lot better, yes. as, we'll, um, as we'll get into a bit later. Absolutely. So... Yeah, we've gone through a bit of Seinfeld news, and uh, Ivan's going to go through um, a bit of information about Wayne Knight, the actor who played him. Yes, and uh, even though, like, contrary to popular belief, Wayne Knight, he wasn't always portraying Newman. It was actually um, Larry David actually portrayed him uh, in an episode, would you believe? Was it the... Was it the no? It wasn't the suicide. No, no, no. no that, that was, was his first, that was his first physical appearance. That was his first physical appearance. That's right. Yeah, it was actually a, another episode. Jeez, I had it. Yeah, for a second. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's in the revenge. Yes, in the revenge. Right. Yeah. 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 He, he appears to seek attention by yeah. saying he'll commit suicide. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. Kramer's trying to sort of egg him on, not yeah. seriously, but just basically like I've had enough of your shit. Just. Go ahead and do it. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Exactly. And he was originally voiced by Larry David, but he was actually later redubbed by Wayne Knight for syndication. Yeah. Actually redubbed yeah. his voice. I actually, yeah. I, I, the episode that I watched actually had Larry David. Yeah. I, yeah. Admittedly, I've got a few seasons downloaded 
um, from the Bay of Pirates. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. Um, and, I, I use yeah. a streaming service. What's that? I use a streaming service. Well, I also pay for Stan, so you know, yes. I mean, I'm glad to to do both. <laughs> of course. Um, and yeah, the, the, the version that I've got downloaded is, um, is Larry David and the version on stands Wayne Knight. So it's good to have both. Yeah. It's good to have both. Yeah. No, it was good. So anyway, a bit about Wayne Knight, the actor. So he was portrayed on screen by him. Wayne Knight has appeared in several notable films and TV shows, and he's had a really magnificent career. He's actually turned 62 today. We're recording on August the 7th of 2017 and his birthday is on August 7th, 1955. Can you believe it? Sixty-two no, years old today, Wayne. Wayne Knight. So happy birthday, Wayne. Yeah, happy birthday, Wayne. Happy birthday. I hope, um, you, I hope you can get yeah, in touch with us. No shit, a total, total coincidence. Yeah, we didn't it, expect it. Like I, I looked on his IMDb page, and I was like, oh, his. I was like, holy shit, we're recording tonight. His birthday is the same day, sixty-two years ago. Whoa, that's crazy. Yep, that's that's, that's our new approach now. We only record podcasts on the actor's birthday. Yeah, that's it. So we <laughs> might have to wait like a year for Jerry. Yeah. he was born on my uh, birthday, April twenty-nine. So I'm like having an irregular release schedule, we'll yeah. just randomly just by you know, like four, four episodes in a week and then nothing for two months. Yeah, exactly. We just have like repeats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. So, Wayne, he was born uh, on that day in Cartersville, Georgia, in the United States. Uh, his most prominent films include Dirty Dancing, JFK, Basic Instinct, Jurassic Park, and Space Jam, which I love all five of those movies. And, uh, you know, growing up watching Wayne Knight, he was pretty much my childhood, man. You know, I love Space Jam. I love Jurassic Park. And uh, you, you said off air before we were about to come back on the breaks, or from the break, Stephen, that uh, he had the first ever GIF in Jurassic Park. Uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic words. Uh-uh-uh. uh-uh. You didn't say uh-uh. the magic uh-uh. word. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah. So annoying. So, I reckon that character in uh, Jurassic Park, um, he, he's probably Dennis more annoying. Nedry. Dennis. Dennis Nedry. Okay, that's his character name? Yes, that was his name. Okay, right. I reckon he's more annoying and more sort of weaselly than human is. And human so is a big fucking weasel. Yeah, a massive weasel. You know? Yeah. So that's... that. He sort of... Uh, I guess, yeah, he would have, because that, that came out in 92, didn't it, Jurassic Park? Uh, 92, 93, I think, yeah. 92, yeah, so he would have he would have already been in Seinfeld, I think. He probably would have been, yeah, maybe he it was off season. Yeah, maybe, maybe season, it was off season, you know. Yeah, so he sort of out-Newman'd Newman. Out-Newman Newman, yeah, or maybe it was like Newman in, in the future, in the past, I don't know. That's it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Spielberg on, on the set of Jurassic Park. You know, Wayne Knight had a bunch of really good ideas about how to take this character because he's basically, uh, you know, he commits corporate espionage. He does. Espionage, you know, he's a spy. Yeah. And, and you know, and he probably had a bunch of ideas where to take the character and Spielberg's just like, just do Newman. Yeah, just, just do Newman. That's just, it. just be Newman. Just be like just a, be a fat dick. A fat Yeah, dick. just be a total dick, like an overweight, cliched geek, computer nice. geek. Sounds you know. good. That's it. Well, Spielberg got so, the right idea. So, uh, yeah, and also, it, uh, and also Wayne in Basic Instinct, he had a, one of the most notorious scenes in American cinema with Sharon Stone during the uh, police interrogation scene. Yeah, I remember seeing that as a kid, and it was very, like, I mean, you know, it, it, looking at it these days, it's pretty, it's not very risque, but for a, for a mainstream movie, it was like, Phew. Yeah, I know. And you, very, see, you see Wayne sweating. That's it, doesn't he? Doesn't he um, adjust his collar? Yeah, he of, does. Yeah, <sighs> doesn't he? Does it in Seinfeld? Actually, there's oh, one episode yeah. where Jerry's got him under pressure or something, and he does like a a, a collar a collar adjust because he's sweating or he's nervous. It's probably a throwback to Basic Instinct. Yeah, <laughs> classic. <laughs> classic. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. It's like an homage. 
<laughs> it wouldn't surprise me but no he's he's been in plenty of films also uh you know space jam like i said and jfk and now he's had a really really great film career and he's also, he's also had a really good tv career uh, you know as well as you know achieving television immortality as newman he also played in 101 episodes officer don in uh, third rock from the sun the sitcom oh, i remember that i used to watch third rock from the sun when it was uh, around in the 90s and i barely remember his character yeah no he was uh the, the lady's boyfriend you know yeah there were the four aliens so there was George, joseph gordon well, yeah, and, and then there was john lithgow who played like the dad and you know yeah. like the fatherly figure and yeah yeah no he played he played uh, officer don a policeman in 101 episodes between 1996 sure. and 2001 Wow, so he would have been filming Seinfeld and that at the same time probably, for a couple of years. Yeah, it was probably like maybe he was probably doing them, you know, concurrently. You know, yeah, yeah. I guess he only had years. a secondary role in each one, so it's not, not yeah. probably not too much of a stretch. Yeah, because Wayne Knight, he's only appeared in forty-five episodes of Seinfeld. So, yeah, you know, it's not like he was yes. a main character. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And I guess he's never a main character, even in the episodes he does appear. He's always in the B story generally. Yeah, they probably shoot like two, three scenes. You know, and then he's gone. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. He probably gets caught in like two days, you know, half a day, yeah. and then he's done he's, his scenes. So, you know. He was probably filming on sets that were right next door to each other. You know, he has to, like, the morning is Third Rock and then the afternoon Seinfeld. Actually, did NBC do Third Rock from the Sun as well? I'm curious. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I'll, I'm going to look that up. I looked that up. While, while you're looking at that, I'll uh, just a bit of bit of trivia about Wayne Knight. And also, another thing he was in, he's done a lot of voice acting, especially in children's shows. Uh, one of his prominent ones, he played the voice of Zerg, who's like Buzz Lightyear's villain, uh, in the animated series Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Oh, and he's okay. been in a lot of anim- animated shows and, and films. Yeah. Yeah, he's done really well. And as I mentioned before, Newman, he's actually appeared in 47 episodes on screen. Uh, 48, if you can, is off-screen appearance in The Revenge. Um, And a bit of trivia about Newman. Newman, he was ranked number one on TV.com's list of the 10 most annoying neighbours. I I can't think of a more annoying neighbour. The the only other neighbour that comes... Oh, and by the way, yes, uh, Third Rock was uh, was on NBC. There you go. So he ran ran from one studio to the other. Yeah. Changed clothes and then he went in. I wonder if they just cast him because they could probably save on coin. Oh, maybe they just knew that he'd be perfect for the part. Or maybe they just wrote the show, the episode or the character for him. Yeah, that's true. Because Officer guess... Don, he's more of like a serious guy. He's not really... Well, he's still comical, but he's not like... Yeah. Zany like Newman, uh, from yeah, what I remember. Not... He's just more, he's more level-headed. So, yeah, yeah, he's not an annoying rat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a couple... I... Oh, sorry? I was going to say, just when you mentioned annoying neighbours, I can't think of any other neighbors that in any sitcom or any like any show that would even come close maybe maybe flanders and oh, maybe um he's maybe, annoying but he's got his charm yeah that's true yeah he's not in, he's not he's not he's not malicious i guess do you reckon but, the, do you reckon mr wilson from home improvement's kind of annoying like because no, he never shows his face that in and of itself is annoying but no. you know he, he like tim uh, tim allen you know as tim the toolman taylor is oh, a total oh, oh, fucking oh. He's a total buffoon. Oh, 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 oh. And, yeah, and Wilson's kind of like this sagely, you know, worldly guy who knows everything about everything, and he, he kind of levels him out. I, yeah. I like him. Okay, that's good. No, I was just yeah. trying to come up with different neighbours. <laughs> yeah, no, The only other one that comes to mind is, um, I can't remember his name, but he's sort of like the really, he's kind of like Principal Skinner in that he's very by the book and boring, but he's in MASH. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's kind of, I think he lives in the neighbouring tent to, um, to Honeycutt and BJ. Right, right, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway... 
Anyway, we'll do a there podcast about Neighbours one day. <laughs> not, not the shitty TV show. No, no. Everybody needs good Neighbours, though. Let's, so, let's do an episode-by-episode episode, uh, chronicle uh, podcast of Neighbours, like 2,000 episodes later or something. No, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, in an interview with the Sacramento Bee, Wayne Knight claimed that a police officer pulled him over just so he could say, Hello, Newman. Oh, and, um, that'd, be, that'd be so annoying. Very, I know. And Jerry Seinfeld, he's been quoted as saying that he almost feels sorry for Wayne as people always go up to him and say, hello, Newman. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, you've got to be, on some level, you've got to be thankful that you've sort of accidentally created a character that will be remembered forever and yeah. catchphrases that have entered, you know, just popular kind of lexicon. But yeah, at the same time, when people come up to you and they only acknowledge that, that's, yeah. Well, that takes me back to when we interviewed Matt McCoy last season. You know, he played Lloyd Braun in two episodes, and he said that a lot of people would come up to him and go, Serenity Now and Insanity yeah. Later. You know, he mentioned that in the interview. So yeah, that's a similar true. thing like that. That's true. But I, I don't reckon he would get recognized nearly as much as, um, as Newman. As I mean, Wayne, he's, no. You know, Lloyd Braun's iconic to Seinfeld fans, whereas Newman's sort of iconic generally, I think. Yeah, and plus, because, like I said, Wayne Knight's been in so many famous TV shows and films, you know, you, you know who he is. He's yeah, lost a lot of weight. He's lost like twenty pounds now, or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I watched an interview with him um, on YouTube, and it was about four years old, and it was just a Q and A where he was taking uh, uh, Twitter questions. I think. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that earlier. Oh, actually, you mentioned that off air to me. Yeah. 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 One of the, a lot of the questions, most of the questions were just Seinfeld related, and you could even see it. You know, he was being polite, professional while he was being filmed, but yeah. by about the fourth question of like blah 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 Seinfeld, he was kind of. <laughs> Uh, rolling his eyes and a bit, a bit yeah. huffy. He's a bit over it, yeah. No, I've, I've heard, I've heard he gets a bit, um, gets a bit testy. You know, when you, when you say hello, Newman, or you know, you mentioned yeah. Seinfeld, he, he probably he gets a bit testy from what I've heard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I imagine if you've got like a big body of creative work and ninety-five percent of the people only come up to you about something that might not even be that important to you, you might yeah. not even find it that you know, like fulfilling or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. you know, good. Good old, good old Wayne Knight. And also, one more trivia question about, or trivia, a fact about Wayne Knight. Uh, before auditioning for Newman, he actually auditioned for the role of George Costanza. Really? He did, yeah. Uh, that that would have been, like, Wayne Knight as Newman is perfect. But, it's perfect, but no, Jason Alexander did it justice, I reckon. Yeah, he I was mean, the perfect George. He's fantastic. I mean, they do have a lot of similarities in a lot of ways as characters. They both, you know, they're both highly neurotic. They're both stocky and... Yeah, they're both. Yeah. yeah, they both got a lot of physical um, similarities. Yeah, but you know, even personality-wise, like they're both kind of really petty and just you know pretty pretty shitty people in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like Costanza is just another level of just terrible person. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like Newman, Newman kind of has some redeeming qualities about him sometimes. He does. Yeah. George, George doesn't have many, if any. <laughs> no, if any at all. No, no. Newman, <laughs> Newman doesn't quite have a heart of gold. He, he's a vindictive guy, but. Uh, He's got a few few traits, a few interesting traits. Yeah, yeah, like sometimes he shows, you know, sort of like, you know, traits of being an actual human being. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> George George does not. George does not at all, no. <laughs> unless, it's a, unless it's a fabrication. Exactly. And, and that's some information about Wayne Knight, the actor who played Newman, and you're probably all thinking, when are they going to start talking about Newman? Well, we're going to go to a quick break, Stephen, and we're going to come back and do what you've asked. We're going to talk about Newman for this episode of What's the Deal With? Special episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Stay with us. See, my dear, all certified mail is registered, but registered mail is not necessarily certified. Listen to you talk about mail all day. Anything you wish. I'll tell you a little secret about zip codes. 
They're meaningless. <laughs> and you're back with Ivan and Stephen for another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. <laughs> Stephen, hello. Yes. Oh, hello. there you are. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I lost you for a second. Nope, I'm here. Yeah, because usually Stephen and I are in the studio recording an episode, but the last couple of weeks we've experimented with Skype. So, uh, so I'm speaking to Stephen on Skype over the over the internet, and uh, we're doing the episode, and it's gone really well so far. Yeah, no, it, it's um, I, I was a bit afraid that it might sound a bit crappy, but it doesn't sound too bad. No, it sounds pretty good, so, and but... we've got a good response from listeners too. They they've said that they they that they like it. Yeah, no, it's been really awesome. So, uh, yeah, if you want to tell us we're great or that we're not great or anything at all, send us an email. Yeah, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com or our socials at bidwabask. That's it. And uh, I think it's about time we should probably talk about Newman. I think so. It is an episode about Newman, and it is the 20th episode. So every fifth episode of this show, we do a special character analysis rather than an episode analysis of secondary characters. And today it's What's the Deal with Newman? So you've been asking asking for it, and you're, we're finally going to deliver. So here we go. We're talking about Newman. So, Newman, he's the primary antagonist of Seinfeld. He is an overweight and vindictive neighbour who lives in the same building as Jerry and Kramer, and he lives in apartment 5E, which I believe is downstairs. Is that right? No, it's on right. the same level. Oh, same level, is it? Oh. Yeah, because right. um, Jerry's is 5A. Oh, of course, and, yeah, and no. Kramer's 5B. Yeah. Oh, yes, he'd be on the same floor, of course. Apparently, apparently in some episodes, it shows his door as 5F, too. Yeah, but it's actually 5E. I think that's the actual yeah. canon. I yeah. think in a couple of earlier episodes, it's 5F, but then they officially, like, like canonically, it's 5E. 5E, yes. And that was actually, that was when we went to the trivia night. I know we keep banging on about it, but when we, were, when we went for trivia a while ago, one of the questions was, what's Newman's apartment number? Five that's eight, right. Four, and we got yeah, it. and you got that right straight away. Yeah, I straight away, yeah. And I looked over to you, and you were like, bang. 5E, bang. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's awesome. So Newman, he starts off um, as the landlord's son who tells on everyone. And in his debut off-screen appearance in The Revenge, like we mentioned before, he appears to seek attention by saying he'll commit suicide. And uh, like we mentioned at the start of the episode, he is voiced by Larry David in this episode, and he was later redubbed by Wayne Knight for syndication. Uh, he makes his on-screen debut in The Suicide. Yeah, great episode. I very watched that episode. recently, actually. Yeah, very good episode. I like that one, too. Yeah, um, Drake's Coffee Cake. Drake's Coffee Cake. Is, it, is that Drake's like, Coffee Cake? Still haven't tried Drake's Coffee Cake. Oh, I don't think you can get it in Australia, can you? It's well, only in America, I'm yeah. Sure you could probably get it at some specialty store, you know, that, that has American products. Yeah. Otherwise, send us some. Yeah. If you're in America or Canada or wherever, send us send us some. Yeah, send us. Yeah, get in touch with us and we'll, um, we'll give you a post with that. Nice. That sounds good. <laughs> if, it gets, if it gets through customs, then awesome. Awesome, for sure. We'll take photos of us, we'll take photos of us scarfing it down. And that's going to be our Seinfeldism, eating Drake's coffee cake. Thanks to the <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Great. I know we've, we've peaked as a podcast if, if people send us cake through the mail. Yeah, that's it. It better be good cake too. <laughs> yeah. So Newman, he involves into a mail carrier who works for the US Postal Service, and he's Jerry's arch nemesis. Their animosity is displayed by the way they dryly greet each other. Jerry says, hello, Newman. And Newman hello, replies, Jerry. what does he say? Hello, Jerry. Yes. And Newman's first name is never revealed. And uh, in the ticket, the judge refers to him as Mr. Newman, while in the bottle deposit, the farmer's daughter mistakenly calls him Norman. And that was actually a blooper in the episode, because apparently the actress was meant to say, I love you, Newman. And she's like, I love you, Norman. And apparently they loved it so much, they kept it in. That's great. Yeah. I love those accidental mistakes that end up yeah. even better than the script. Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, you know what? I, I actually thought his first name was Newman. 
I thought so too. And they never revealed his surname. I didn't realize it was the other way around. No, but but I was going to tell you, in the package, Newman's business card only shows Newman. Okay. He has no first name or last name for that matter. He's just Newman. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe he hasn't either. Maybe it's just like Madonna or something. Yeah. You know, just has, or like Prince, just one name. You or know. Sting. Or Sting, Newman, exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put him in the same level as them, but you know. What, what Sting in the same level as Newman or the other no, way around? No, Newman the other way around. Uh, well, I mean, Prince, Madonna, and Sting are all wonderful, but Newman's, I think Newman's better. <laughs> yeah, he's special in his own way, I guess. <laughs> and uh, another another very lovable, lovable uh, subplot for Newman, he also regularly participates in elaborate and bizarre schemes with Kramer. For example, yeah. in The Old Man, which was our second ever episode, they try and sell used vinyl records. And uh, in The Bottle Deposit, when they cross the it's state... Al Jolson here. Al Jolson here, Al Jolson. <laughs> and, oh, uh, Al Jolson. And also notably in the bottle deposit when they cross state borders to sell used bottles. That's such a good montage of um of him trying to trying to work out the the numbers for it. Yeah. And um, you know, Kramer's just like I you know, like he, he he's like pestering Kramer, he's like, you know, we can do this and Kramer's like, I've tried it, it doesn't work. Like no matter which way I've approached it, it always works out to be a loss. <laughs> and then um yeah, when Newman finally figures out that he can use the truck for free because he's driving on Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Great little montage. It's a great montage. Great episode. Good, good two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. And another notable scheme for Kramer and Newman, in the bookstore, they use a rickshaw to transport people from place to place. That's right. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Yeah, me too. Um, and he doesn't work in the rain, and he has a large appetite, and he has kind of, I guess you could say, a distaste for the postal service. He thinks of them yeah. as like a bureaucratic, you know, full of red tape. Yeah, he, he, he shits on the postal service a lot, but he also uses it to to sort of um you know he, he has a lot of power plays like he he does you know like he he abuses the inherent power of being a postal worker as well he does and so sort of, he's, he's a he's a mystery yeah and when he gets arrested he says don't worry in half an hour we'll be out of here just in time for lunch because all it. the posties are going to come get him yeah that's, <laughs> that's pretty good yeah. As um, as Jerry said he's a mystery wrapped in a twinkie mystery wrapped in a twinkie and i think elaine calls him a mystery wrapped in an enigma or something okay. to, that, to that effect Oh, no, she says, hang on. No, she's, she's like... Enigma wrapped in a mystery. Riddle. What's that? And, uh, he's, no, she says something about him being an enigma. Yes. He's a mystery wrapped in a riddle. And then Jerry's like, no, no, he's a mystery wrapped in a Twinkie. <laughs> wrapped in a Twinkie, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. got, he's got to get... Like, Elaine's trying to be kind or, like, not personal. And, like, Jerry's like... He's just blind. He's mystery. He's like... Awesome. He's he's like, like yeah, Jerry's like, fuck it. I hate him. <laughs> I'm going to stick it. I'm going to stick it to him. What's um? What would be? What would probably be your favorite or most memorable human scene? Oh, man, I have so many. Mm. Um, probably, I love in the old man where he starts talking about the post office, you know, mm. and then you know they say, "Oh, are they the guys that go postal?" And he goes, "Sometimes." And then he talks about, it and he's like, "Oh, the mail, the mail never stops," you know. And then yeah. he goes on this huge rant, and then he goes all red in the face. I love that. Yeah, it kind of it kind of turns psychotic. Psychotic, yeah, it's good. Yeah. That's one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah, no, that is good. That and also when good. he has a fling with Kramer's mum, Babs. That's funny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one too. That's a good one. What's your favourite? Um, it probably it would probably change as I thought about it, but right now at the top of my head, it's... Um, uh, shit, what's the, base, uh, what's the episode with um, the baseball player? Oh, uh, Keith Hernandez, of course. Keith, yeah, Keith Hernandez and, um, and Jerry and... You know, it's not just Newman, but Newman's a big part of it. Where um, Jerry sets up the reenactment of, oh, the, um, yes. of the, the spitting incident with uh, with Kramer 
and uh, and Newman. And it's you know, a parody of JFK. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be a, a parody of the JFK assassination. Oh, it's, like, yeah. You know, there had to have been a second spitter. A second spitter. That's one of the best scenes in any sitcom I've ever seen. Yeah, and yeah. even I even like how you know in that like edited into that that little um, reenactment is the um, like the the sort of eight eight millimeter um, the the flashbacks. Oh yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like film style. Yeah, I think that's a reference to the actual film JFK because I think when they reenact the assassination in the film, I think it's like eight millimeter. I think it's just and plus Wayne Knight, I told you earlier, was in JFK as well. So, all right, yeah, yeah. So I think it was like a throwback to the movie because I think they they use eight millimeter for the scene. Okay, I haven't seen that. I'm pretty sure from what I from what I read, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's like a throwback. um, Yeah. And I love I love the line, and you know how it's sort of slowed down as well when when Keith Hernandez is is recounting how it sort of actually went. Yeah, and he's like, what does he say? He's like. Nice game, pretty boy. Nice game. That's that's Newman, yeah, in like slow motion. Nice game, pretty boy. But you see him mouthing it, you know, in the eight millimeter film, and it's just like nice game. Yeah, pretty boy. it's like slow motion. Yeah, it's so good, yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's our memories of a Newman, and that's a bit of a background of him. But let's let's do a let's do like a hypothesis or a hypothetical about Newman. I think this is what the listeners are after. Yeah, that's the point. So, Stephen, disregarding, just, you know, just not thinking about the revenge, you know, how he's suicidal and off screen, let's pretend that doesn't exist. Let's go from Newman being a mail carrier for the US Postal Service. So, how do you think he fell into being a mail carrier? Um, I, I think he. He's not, he's not dumb. Like, he's very well. He's very eloquent. He is. He's very good with words. Um, I think he probably. I'm trying to think what led him there in terms of like high school and then maybe, you know, post-school education. Yeah. I don't think he would have gone to college. No. Or if he did, I think he would have dropped out. I think, um, look, I think, you know, and this is not to disparage postal workers in any country. No, absolutely not. They do a great job. Yeah. But I, from what I understand, it's, it's, you know, categorically an unskilled job. Yeah. I don't think you need a quality. You probably need training and stuff, mm. but you don't need any sort of education specifically to do the job. So, him him not being dumb, but being pretty lazy and inept in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think he would have just done it. You know, he found it just sort of fell into it, and he just was too lazy to change. Yeah, no, that's fair. I don't right. think I don't think there's any great reason like it's symbolic of anything. I think it's just a case of, you know, what job can I do that's enough to pay the rent. Um, you know, and and that's what he did, and that's just what he's done. That's what he's done. I think I'm going to go one one up on that too, Stephen, because as well as being lazy and, and inept, I think he likes control. I think he's one of those kind okay. of guys. You know, the postal service obviously he has control of the mail. You know, he knows all the routes. He knows where to go. I think he loves. You know, if someone ticks him off, he can just throw their mail away. You know, yeah, he, he, he's too. He's not. He's not strong enough to confront people personally, but he's kind of got that kind of vindictive personality yeah. where if i screwed him over or did something to him he'd say oh too bad i'll send his mail to mexico you know <laughs> yeah he would he would withhold important letters or bills or something exactly yeah i i reckon he'd be uh he i think he just loves the control he loves controlling something and i think the mail yeah. is one of his best outlets he can control yeah i think a lot of what a lot of his life seems to be out of his control in, in to a certain extent so you know, a lot of people who can't control sort of their personal stuff that's close to them try and control others and other parts of other people's lives. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, that's just the vibe I get because he needs a job where he's kind of sneaky, you know, and he'll screw yeah, you over if you screw him. That's it. And I guess being a postal worker as well, like, you know, I'm sure he goes to, to pick up his mailbag every morning. 
and he probably they probably have a morning meeting or whatever. But it's it's sort of fairly like he's isolated really. Like he's not working in a team, so he's got the opportunity to be a jerk. Yeah, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not like he's working in an office where you're where you know you're being watched and monitored, and you can't really get away with much. Hmm. But as soon as he's out of the office or out of the out of the the you know wherever he gets his mail from and is out on his route. Of course. He, he can sort of do whatever he wants. I reckon he probably takes a lot of naps as well. Yeah, I think he does too. He probably, you know, he goes for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of naps during the day. Yeah, I reckon he probably um, has a lot of food stops on the way on his route too, I imagine. Yeah. He'd so anyone, so anyone else that isn't Newman, I reckon his route would probably take a third of the time as a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, he definitely would. Yeah, it would take him freaking ages. I can't remember. Is his route local to where he lives like you know does it include their building or is it is it away from that Do well, you ever find? he he apparently he claimed once he worked the same postal route as murderer david berkowitz who's the son of sam <laughs> that's right yeah but, that's when um that's when he has to bring the mailbag to um to is it earl that he's like a texan yeah businessman or whatever and he's that's betting right. on plane arrivals that's and right and, and he actually right. retains he actually retains the son of sam's mailbag as a valuable collector's item that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that episode where Earl and Crane were betting on arrivals and departures. That's it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yes, he, he has to call up Newman, and he's like, "Hey, man, can you help me out?" Like, you know, like, like an addict. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, you're "Betting again, aren't you?" And he's like, "No, I need some help. You're going to help me or not?" <laughs> yeah, that's good. And uh, Newman, he's clearly uh, good friends with Kramer. You know, him and Kramer have the same kind of wacky get rich quick schemes you know like the old man with the records and the bottle deposit with the bottles so he's a very opportunistic man you know obviously the postal service just gives him his uh his money so he pays his bills but he wants something a bit more yeah he wants more in life i think yeah he's sort of he's satisfied on some level to you know to just be a postal worker as he said i think he likes the control but he's also yeah he's always got higher level aspirations as well yeah you know, but they're not that. You know, because he's a bit, as we said, inept. They're not very well thought out at all. No, they're <laughs> <You> not. <laughs> they're just like dive right in, like no matter how stupid they are. Yeah. And by yeah. the end of the episode, you know, the, the scheme's failed. You know, Kramer and Kramer Newman are back to square one. Yeah. Yeah, but he's got um, one up on Kramer. He has a job. <laughs> that's true. But you know, there are a lot of theories about Kramer in terms of like how how can he afford to live in New York? You know, even in a rent controlled apartment. So I've and, always thought that he, you know, how in one of the episodes, I think the apartment that we did, you know, he has his father's ring, his uh, his wedding band. Maybe his father mm. left him money. That's my theory. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, like a lot of theories that have floated around out there um, is that he's just somehow independently wealthy. Like whether he one of his schemes actually worked prior yeah. to Seinfeld, yeah, um, or you know whether he inherited money or whatever. I, I always thought his dad left him a huge inheritance, like maybe okay. millions, and that's why he can. Not have a job. He doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Just works. Just works. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So he's probably still better off than Newman. <laughs> yeah, he does. And also Newman, in the label maker, he and Kramer play a game of risk. And uh, when Kramer leaves the game board in Jerry's apartment for safekeeping, Newman goes so far as to sneak into Jerry's apartment via the fire escape with intent to rearrange the pieces layout in its in his favour. Although he's yeah. detected and flees before he actually changes anything. So Newman, he's, he's clearly a cheat as well, and he, he hates losing. He's, yeah, he's a very dishonest person. He's a sneak. He is a sneak. You know, he's a, he's a fucking, as, as a mafioso would say, he's a fucking rat. A fucking rat. And he has an obsession to win, I, I guess, in any situation. He, he's willing to yeah. win at all costs, no matter what the costs are. Yeah, and I think, I think that, um, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out that he's very highly insecure. 
Yes, definitely. You know, he's sort of, I guess he's narcissistic in a lot of ways, but it's not a narcissism based on sort of psychopathy or anything. It's just a narcissism based on a very deep insecure. And I think he's very self-loathing as well. He sh- I think he's got a lot of self-loathing deep down, yes. Yeah. Yes. And he, you know, rather than confronting it and doing the hard yards of like trying to better himself, mm. he just tries to control mail and mess with people in his building. Yes. You know. I think so too. Yeah. No, he definitely, he definitely has that. And uh, yeah. like I said before, a very vindictive guy. Mm-hmm. That's and, it. And Newman, he actually predicted, uh, you know, in the finale, how the four get arrested. He actually uh, said one of his most well-known speeches in the finale when Jerry refuses to take him to Paris. Do you know what he said? No, I don't remember that. All right. But hear me and hear me well. The day will come. Oh, yes. Mark my words, Seinfeld. Your day of reckoning is coming, when an evil wind will blow through your little play world and wipe that smug smile off your face. <laughs> and I'll be there in all my glory, watching, watching as it all comes crumbling down. And that's in the finale. <laughs> and then when, when the four get arrested and, and, you know, get sentenced to jail, Newman actually chokes on his food in the court. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he actually predicted. And, and he displays, yeah. Yeah, like you said, he displays an impressive command of language. Yeah, I, he, he, a lot of his um, a lot of his tirades and rants are kind of Shakespearean in a yeah, way. Yeah, they are. So he's very, he's quite articulate. So he must have done really well in English. And perhaps when yeah. you you mentioned he was in uni, maybe he uh, did an English or a literature degree, and he dropped out. Yeah, that's that's a good. Yeah, I reckon now that I think about it a bit more, um, you know, just sort of editing what I said before when you asked how he got into mail, I reckon he. You know, there's a cliche out there that if you do an arts degree or an English lit degree or whatever, mm. you're probably just going to end up as a barista. You know, it's a bit <laughs> of a, you know, like make fun of people who do that. You'll so be writing like, letters in people's lattes. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you know, you did you majored in latte art or something. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, I reckon he in college he probably yeah probably studied literature or English history or something something to do with maybe creative writing or something like that. Yes. He tried to make a career out of being a writer or something. Um, Possibly. Or, you know, and he just, and maybe he, you know, using the, um, you know, that barista sort of cliche as a, as a reference, maybe he just did the male job as a, you know, in his, in the, in his mind, it was like, well, this is temporary until I make it as a writer. Hmm. And he never did. And maybe, maybe he failed as a writer and that's why he's so jaded and that's why he needs to make others, uh, other lives. And maybe that's why he's jealous of Jerry's sort of creative success. Mm. You know, if he's a failed writer, it'd be pretty hard to live next door to someone who else is creative and is very successful. Yeah. You know, and who doesn't use rich language. He just sort of makes quips about, you know, everyday life. Yeah. I can imagine that sort of, you know, really grinding your gears. Of course. You know, he's got to go, he's got to live day by day and uh, and he's got to, he's got to follow through with it. Yeah, that's it. And he can't afford to buy his parents Cadillacs or anything. Yeah, nothing, nothing of the sort. Well, if he has parents. Yeah, yeah, they never mention his parents, do they? Do they ever mention his siblings? I can't even remember. I don't remember. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't believe so. You know, one yeah. real, real notable thing about Newman that I, I didn't realize until I read about it, he's actually seen running athletically in several episodes. He's apparently he's a, yeah. he's a nimble runner, despite his obese girth. Can you believe that's it? True. Yeah. Yeah, he it's runs really quick, especially, you know, when Elaine chases, you know, he's got the bicycle and Elaine chases him in uh, That's right. In that episode, the, the seven, and uh, yeah, no, he's running away, you know, from people, and people chase him. He's really quick. 
That's true. I guess you'd have some level of fitness being a, you know, walking every day. Yeah, of course. Oh, and I guess start, that's true. Yeah, doing his post run. You know, he'd probably have some strength in his legs. He probably gets uh, chased a lot by dogs and people. Oh, of course. You know, you know by people who don't like him on his mail route. So he's probably got a good level of cardio fitness. Oh, he sure does. And he also kidnaps <laughs> dogs too, a.k.a. the uh, the engagement episode where uh, Lane has the dog next door, the neighbor, the neighbor's dog, that's and right. Newman offers to, to catch the dog. And yeah, that's right. So obviously yeah. he's not scared of dogs. No, he's uh, probably grown he's, immune. He's probably been bitten that many times. He's immune to it now. Yeah, he'd be he'd um he'd probably <laughs> carry it like a non-showing carrier of rabies or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I guess so far with Newman, we could say he was a dropout in English literature and uni. He does postal work, you know, because it's a lazy. Oh, well, not to put down postal workers, but it's uh, like you said, an unskilled job. And mm. uh, he loves having control, and he loves having the you know the hand. You know, if you piss him off, your your bills won't get sent to you. Sorry. That's it. Or he'll yeah. blackmail you with uh, with mail. Yeah, oh, he'll withhold mail for blackmail revenge or something to that effect. <laughs> Black, yeah, blackmail, blackmail, blackmail. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it's important as well to acknowledge his, like, considering what objectively speaking, what a loser he is and what yeah. a shitty person he is. He does okay with the ladies. He does. You know, like he's he's got. He's probably not as um you know, not as successful in terms of numbers, if mm. that's a degree of success, as Jerry or Kramer. Yeah. Or even George. But, you know, considering how fucking repulsive he is, yeah, he's basically a human jab of the heart, let's face it. He is, he sure is, yeah. He he does okay with the women. And yeah, and, know, and yeah, and there's one episode where Jerry actually dates a woman who was with Newman previously and that puts him off. Yeah, he can't get over it. He can't get over it. He's like, You dated Newman? <laughs> I I don't like a lot of the time when Jerry finds reasons to break up with a woman most of the time it's like, oh, that's so petty and so, like, just so, like, selfish and silly. But that that would be a legit reason. Like, if he was, if Jerry was my mate and he told me that he broke up with, with a woman because she was seeing Newman, I'd say, that's, that's fine. That's I fine. totally, I understand completely you did the right thing. That's the best excuse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. now, I do like to mention we have a lot of hardcore Seinfeld fans that listen to us. And I do want to just, before we get emails about this, I do just want to mention that, you know, Newman is the character who does appear in the most episodes of Seinfeld. You could say Ruthie Cohen, you know, she's actually been seen in more episodes than Newman, but she's only credited yeah. as appearing in two episodes. So I just want to yeah. put it out there. I don't want people to say, but Ruthie Cohen is the, the character who appears in the most episodes. Actually, she's credited yeah. only in two. But you see her yeah. around, like she's in the scenes of like a hundred and something episodes, but uh, she's only credited in two. So I just want to put that out there. So we could yeah. say that Newman is the character who appears the most. Yeah. Oh, well, secondary character, aside from the main yeah. core. Yeah. yeah. I just want to put it out there before most, we get a dozen emails from hardcore fans, you know, contradicting us. So. Yeah, the most, he's the most credited secondary character. He sure is. 48 episodes if you count the revenge as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. And if two parters are counted as two episodes as well. Yes. 48 yeah. episodes. That's it. That's it. So that's <laughs> Newman. I was going to say, um, I just wanted to touch on... Um, Going back to, you know, the fact that he's sort of a walking contradiction in terms of the postal service, like he loves it for some reasons, but he hates it for others. Yes. Um, he, I don't know, he makes, I guess he's got like a lot of inside knowledge and he, you know, he talks about the inner workings of it. Yeah. Um, and he, there's actually a list of the few, of, of the things that he, like a few claims that he makes about the postal service. Apparently zip codes are meaningless. Yes. He actually has a few, he actually has a few, uh, few things about the Postal Service. He makes several uh, outlandish claims. So, yeah, he reckons yeah. zip codes are mean, meaningless. Uh, no mail carrier has successfully delivered more than 50% of their mail. 
<laughs> comparing such a feat to the three-minute mile. That was in the Andrea Doria episode. Yeah. Uh, photos no. in the mail with a do not bend stamp can be creased, crumpled, and crammed. I just uh, love that. It's like do not bend, but they just do the complete opposite. Yeah, of what he just crams just, it in. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and his he, famous line, when you control the you mail, control you control information. You control information. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. That was yeah. a lip reader. And mentioning the, um, the one of your favorite Newman um, scenes is when he when uh, why he was asked why post office workers go on a killing spree. Yes, the mail never stops; it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. The more you get out, the more you get in. It's relentless, yeah, it's relentless. It never stops; <laughs> it just keeps coming and coming and coming. I know it just goes red in the face. It's great. But the more you get, the more it keeps coming in, and then the barcode reader breaks. And it's Publishers Clearing House Day, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that is, yeah. He just goes on huge rants. He only uses the Postal Service for his own gains, and then he criticizes them for other things. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the many uh, contradictory parts of his personality. Of his personality, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, he's, he's, you know what he is? He's an enigma wrapped in a contradiction, wrapped in a Twinkie. He sure is. <laughs> or as Elaine says about him, he's an enigma or a mystery wrapped in a riddle. But Seinfeld goes one better. This is classic Newman as well. The last point in that um, list of claims he makes about the Postal Service. Yes. Any packages that arrive at the post office with damaged, unreadable, or missing address labels are considered freebies. Yeah. Postal workers are thus free to help themselves to the package's contents. I reckon that would be a policy that he made up exclusively for himself. I think so too. But what are you supposed <laughs> to do? You can't, if there's no address label, what are you meant to do? That's true. Yeah. I reckon. Do you reckon on his mail route, do you reckon, like, you know, when he gets his bag of mail, he shakes all the boxes for food? And if oh, he's I'd say so. Food, you know, like, I'm sure a lot of, like, parents, you know, send care packages to their kids in college or whatever. <laughs> yeah, before. and Newman or takes them all. You know, like, confectionery and stuff, and he probably shakes it next to his ear. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, he's so experienced with parcels, he knows what's in them. Yeah. You know? He's probably got he's probably got a really highly highly developed sense of smell as well. He can smell like a Twinkie through through a postage uh, through an envelope. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. And, yeah. and I reckon he goes one better. I reckon he actually rips the address labels off some of them, and he's like, "Oh, property of the office." Yeah, no, no address on this mean. one. Like he, yeah, I mean, he he picks out the food and just keeps it for himself. <laughs> wouldn't okay. surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> The fifty percent that he doesn't deliver is, is food, food-based <laughs> items. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That, that that's that's a Newman thing. Definitely, he probably gives some to Kramer too, or do you reckon he keeps it for himself? Uh, no, he's not a giving person. No, he'll keep it for himself. No, no. he'd maybe lose it in a bet to Kramer, but yeah. he wouldn't. He wouldn't give any away for it. He wouldn't be like, you know, I've got a bit too much food. Yeah, you that's know, it. I'll, I'll give I'll give I'll give uh, some to my neighbour who's always scabbing off Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, he'd keep it all for himself. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about Newman? No. Well, like I said, I think he, he dropped out of literature, you know, college and doing English literature. He's a postal worker because he loves the control and he loves the freebies, you know, the, despite his corruption, you know, but he doesn't like <laughs> the work. And, uh, yeah, he's got a deep hatred for Jerry. Jealous, probably jealous because he's a successful comedian, I'd say. Yeah. Good yeah. relationship with Kramer. He has a thing for Elaine, but most men on the show do, I guess. And yeah. uh, George, there's not really much of a relationship between him and George. There really. is that one I think episode. there's a bit of animosity, but not. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's just like a, it, it's like it's not animosity, but it's like a, um, you know, I don't think any of them, either of them, like each other, but they're no. in so they're, they're so little in each other's lives that it doesn't really matter. No, it's no. just kind of, it's just kind of like a tolerance. Yeah, a tolerance. Yeah, just tolerating them. Yeah, because you don't yeah. you don't see but, you don't see Newman and George talk about, you know, talk to each other too much. No, there is that one episode though, the Calzoni, where um, 
George accidentally gets Steinbrenner a calzone and Steinbrenner becomes addicted to them. That's and right. And he demands that George gets one every day. That's right. And um, and him and Newman go on a bit of an adventure. But I think that's the only time they share any, like, uh, screen time just together. Usually it's, yeah. like, in Jerry's apartment, you know, and they're just both there and they might say a few words and that's it. Yeah, I think that's it, really, yeah. I think that's really yeah. their only adventure. And there was, in the engagement, Newman, Elaine, and Kramer, you know, kidnap a dog. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's like their, their, their adventure together. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Newman and Kramer I, go on a lot of schemes. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think he's obviously, his closest relationship um, is with Kramer, Kramer. obviously. Yeah. Probably his only friend. Yes. Um, well, do you think Kramer, you know, like Kramer's a pretty open-minded guy. Like he befriends people that maybe others wouldn't because yeah. they're a bit weird or whatever. Of course, he's very open. Think, yeah, that's right. He's, he's very accepting of everyone's quirks and differences. Do you think... Do you think Kramer genuinely likes him or he just accepts him because he's his neighbor? No, I, I think Kramer's a really open guy and I think he likes mm-hmm. him and I think he finds yeah. something. You know, Kramer's one of those people who sees things in other people, you know, like the soup Nazi and all those kind of people. Yeah. Friends him. I think he just sees something special in Newman. Do you think, he, do you think um, he, he understands Newman on a level that others don't? Yes. I think, yeah. they've, I think they've got something deep there. Nothing romantic, yeah. of course, but, you know, they got something there. Like, Kramer, Kramer can see something in him that others can't. Maybe out in the cabin, you know, they, they shared a, a romantic night together or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Filled, filled with Twinkies. With Twinkies, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about yeah. Newman. That's, so. it, that's it for Newman, too. I think we did it justice. I think we gave him a pretty good background. Uh, if there's any information that you'd like to give us about Newman, any theories, uh, give us a bell. Yeah, and just just to um, clarify a tiny bit as well, like if you're a if you're a um, regular listener to the podcast, you know that a lot of what we talk about uh, with the secondary characters is what we think. Like we sort of add stuff to what's already known about them. Yeah, as described by by a previous fan who messaged us, head canon. So a lot of it's head canon for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, yeah, head canon is a very good good way to um to put it. So. Um, you know, like Newman's a pretty well-established character, so we didn't talk a lot about what what is already known about him. Yeah. So, yeah, just in case you're wondering. And uh, like Ivan said, if you have anything to add or anything to to clarify or talk about, just get in touch. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've got an email address, uh, at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, bitbobass.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, and we'll come back. We'll have a quick break, and uh, we'll wrap up this episode. Once, twice. Three times later. What was that? Double And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary and minor characters of Seinfeld. And each week we bring you an episode and we talk about the secondary characters in Seinfeld. But because it is every fifth episode, we today we did a What's the Deal With episode where we focus on one character, and that one was by popular demand, Newman. Probably one of the most prominent, if not the prominent, secondary character on the show. The unofficial yeah. fifth member of the core four, if you will. The Yoko owner of the core four. Indeed. But, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she didn't ruin the, the, the show, so that's okay. That, well, he didn't. That's, 
No, that's it. He actually made the show a lot better. Yes. Well, we mentioned <laughs> earlier, usually at the end of the show, we do Seinfeldisms, where we talk about uh, Seinfeld-related incidents in our day-to-day lives. But uh, we don't have any this week, Stephen and I, so we're going to jump straight into our top 10 secondary characters. So what we do is every week, we with the characters we've reviewed, we put them in our top 10 if we feel... That you know the need, and if we think that it's necessary, uh, some make it, some don't. But the only ones that are in our top ten are ones which we've actually reviewed already. So if you're wondering why your favourite isn't in there, we probably haven't reviewed them yet, or we may not just like them. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so probably, uh, yeah, probably so, at this stage, the first one we just haven't gotten around to it yet. We've still got a lot to get through. Most so probably, they'll, yeah. they'll eventually, hopefully, make an appearance. Yes, they uh, sure will. Yeah, so I'll 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 give out my top 10 secondary characters we've reviewed so far. So, Go for it. Um, number 10, we have <laughs> the train nudist from uh, episode 14, which is uh, our episode 14 of season one, The yes. Subway. Yep. Um, Sid Fields, the old man from season one, episode two, um, the old man. Uh, George's parents, which was our second What's the Deal with episode, episode 10 <laughs> of season one. Yes. Um, where my parents actually make a bit of a guest appearance. So have that, a listen. Yes, that's correct. Vera and Kevin, hello. Yes, uh, and number seven, Harold and Manny, again, another couple. Um, that was from episode eight, The Apartment. Susan Ross, who was our first What's to Deal With, uh, episode five, actually. Yes. Um, it's probably one of my favorites so far. I really like that episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, Celia from uh, episode 16, The Merv Griffin Show. She is Jerry's episode girlfriend, um, the record store owner. What do I care about Al Jolson? Oh, from, Al Jolson. Uh, what do I care about Al Jolson? That's it. Um, Jane from episode 19, last week's episode, The Hamptons, which is the first episode of season two. Yes. Um, The one who gets topless. Um, That's correct. Number two, The Street Tops, Bob and Cedric, um, from our very first episode, The Soup Nazi. Indeed. Um, And number one, Alton Bennis, Elaine's dad. Uh, Again, from our second What's to Deal With, The Seinfeld Parents. Yeah, very hard to knock him off. Yeah, but I think we talked about it in episode 15 or 16 of season one um, that there is a potential contender to knock him off. And when we get to him, we'll find out. We'll, we'll put them to the test and we'll see who comes out number one. Because you said in your own words, you like curmudgeon old dudes. Curmudgeonly old men. Curmudgeonly old men, that's the, that's the one. Yes. That's it. And yeah, Alton Bennis is probably the most, arguably the most curmudgeonly. Yeah, he but, sure um, is. Rough fellow. Yeah, Jack, but Jack Compass is, is pretty... <laughs> you already revealed his name. Well, no, no, we talked about him in... Uh, Previously, yeah, we did. One. I said that he has potential to knock him off. Yeah, definitely. He, he could. So, well, you never know. When we do his episode, he, he might do it. Yeah. That's it. Well, my top 10 secondary characters has had one change, and you probably know who it is. Uh, at number 10, <laughs> Tor Ekman. Yeah, I know, it'd be weird, right? <laughs> um, at number 10, that's Tor Ekman from The Heart Attack. Number 9, Helena from The Trip, parts 1 and 2. Number 8 is Sid Fields from The Old Man. 7 is Bob and Ray, aka Cedric from The Soup Nazi. Number six, Lloyd Braun. What's the deal with Lloyd Braun when we spoke about him? And we interviewed Matt McCoy, one of the actors as well. Check that out if you haven't. Uh, my top five, Lieutenant Bookman from the library. Number four, Newman. What's the deal with Newman, who we just spoke about today? That's a good debut. Yeah, number four, not too bad. Yeah, you know, he's for Newman, you know, he's a wonderful character. But I think, you know, with even though Newman is a really good character, I, I, he couldn't quite crack my top three or my top two, you know. Like, he's he, he's really good in his own way, but uh, he... You know, I, I think there's a couple of other characters who I who I enjoyed even more, you know, since doing the show. Like Newman, if, if we didn't do the podcast, Newman would probably be number two, or maybe number one. But uh, you know, since doing the podcast, there have been a few other notable secondaries who I've really yeah, enjoyed I, analysing. 
I think because he's in it so much for a secondary character, it's easy to take him for granted. Yeah, uh, take for granted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's like, why that's why he's down a few notches. Probably everyone mm. probably thought he'd be my number one, but uh, not quite. No, 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 not even in the top ten for me. Oh, for you? No, that's fair enough. That's all right. Well, you know, that's why our opinions are you know different. It's good. And uh, number three is Susan from What's the Deal with Susan. Number two, the Soup Nazi from the Soup Nazi, our pilot episode of Bidwabask. And at number one, What's the Deal with the Seinfeld Parents, my man, Jerry Stiller, Frank Stanza. It'll take a lot to knock him off. And that's something we have in common. We both uh, like curmudgeonly old men as our number one characters. We sure do. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Yes, we'll see how we see how we go. Well, you know, it's an ever-changing list, and uh, the, the characters can change at any time. You know, sometimes I could think, oh, maybe Bookman's too high. Maybe I'll drop him, or maybe uh, Susan's too high. Maybe I'll knock knock her down a few notches. You know? Yeah. The, the list yeah. can change all the time. It's uh, yeah, a list. Yes, and uh, usually when we do a normal episode, we talk about the uh, we rank the episodes that we've done in order of appearance but you know because we did a what's the deal with this week you know and there's so many newman's been in we can't put in all 48 episodes he was in so uh, it's a bit bit too much of an ask but next you mean week you did your list of your top 48 newman, <laughs> top 48 newman episodes yeah i know right i should have did i prepare too much no, pro- yeah pre- did i over prepare yes <laughs> did i take three days off work for nothing <laughs> am i wrong no it's the children no what, what does skinner say in the simpsons Am I am I so out of touch? Am I so out of touch? No, no it's, the, it's ch- the children who are wrong. It's the children who are wrong. Yeah, that's right. That, that's me. It's the children who are wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, before we wrap it up, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. My good friend Terry in Brisbane. He hey, has Terry. actually started his own podcast. Um, it's called Boots and Bats, um, and it's him and one of his mates up there who um, spend an hour or so every week talking about sports. They're both sports nuts. Um, yeah, and I listened, the first episode came out last week. Um, it's on iTunes, as far as I understand. I gave it a listen. It's really good. Oh, great. Um, he's actually like you, Ivan. He used to be on radio um, in Coffs Harbour. He used ah. to do radio and stuff. So, Excellent. Yeah, it sound, sounds pretty good. And they, they dive really deep into mostly Australian sports, NRL, AFL, all sorts of things. So if, um, if you like bats and or boots or yes. a lot of other sports stuff, um, give them a listen. They're really good. Yeah, particularly Australian sport. Yeah, yeah, they talk a lot about rugby league, um, AFL. They talk, they talked about UFC. I learned. I don't know much about sports, but I learned a lot about betting. Oh, excellent! Now I know. Now I know. Now I know what a multi is. Thanks to, uh, thanks to those two. Yeah, oh, multi. Yeah, well, you don't have to know too much about that. I'm not much of a gambler myself, so. No, yeah, no. that's good. They were, they were talking a lot about gambling. They were like, like I won five hundred bucks and all this stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, that sounds. Maybe that's why people get addicted. Yeah. <laughs> exactly but yeah that, that that's that's uh oh well, there you go well that's why people get addicted you're right that's it Crazy. yeah so yeah so give them a listen and uh, if you're listening terry yeah good work it's really excellent. good well done terry thank you so much bats and balls as i have a listen yep excellent that's... no no it's sorry it's it's boots and bats oh boots and bats sorry <laughs> no, oh it's bats and balls <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a cricket bats podcast bats and balls <laughs> And, uh, you know, this this is a shout-out to Bibs and Bobs. Bibs and Bobs. Bats and Bobs. Well, 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 good on you. Good on you, mate. Well done on your first episode of the podcast. I know what it's like doing the first episode, and uh, it's it's a bit tough and a bit scary, but uh, you got it out there, which is great. Yeah, no. I'll listen for sure. Chips and Bobs. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's our next podcast. Yeah, that's our after. That's our after hours podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's us just getting high and eating chips and talking no. absolute shit. Yeah, nice. Just make sure the oil isn't like from meat. Yeah, for you. 
Yeah, that's it. We should, we should do a stone version of Bit Will Bask. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see one day. Anyway, that's the end of Bit Will Bask for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. That was an absolute cracker talking about Newman. I know you all wanted it and you finally got it, so we'd love to hear your feedback about the episode. Uh, if you liked it, if you didn't, or you have another opinion about Newman, let us know. Yeah, and um, if your name is Seven, and uh, or if you know anyone by the name of Seven, or if you know someone who knows someone who knows someone yes. by the name of Seven, get in touch. Um, yes. It's part of our uh, Seven Degrees of Separation campaign, I guess you would call it. Exactly. Is it a campaign? A campaign, yeah, the Seven Degrees of Separation. Yeah. yeah. Get in touch with us. So our email address is bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're on social media at bidwabask, um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we've got a website, bidwabask.com. Yes, we sure will, or we sure do. And next week, we're, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. And next week, we're going back to our normal episodes. We're going to season two, episode 10, The Baby Shower. And if quite a few secondaries in that one, so uh, that'll be very, very good to talk about. Yeah, can't wait. It's one of my favorite episodes ever. Oh, wow. Time. Big call. Yeah. 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 So, one, one, uh, of the, one of the scenes really freaked me out when Jerry gets shot in the, uh, the dream sequence. Yeah. That That's was really like scary. First, looking. That was like the first surreal moment. Yeah, um, I know, right? Like, and it, it, if you watch a lot of season eight and nine episodes, as a lot of people know, when um, uh, Larry David left and Seinfeld took over and it sort of became a lot more zany and surreal, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, it was it almost, it felt like that That was written, that scene specifically was written by Seinfeld. By Seinfeld, yeah. Jerry would have loved it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, The Baby Shower, that's next week. And if you have an episode you'd like us to do in the future, just get in touch, you know, because some of these episodes are actually requests from listeners. So yeah. uh, if you've got one, let us know. Yeah, we'll be doing a request in a couple of weeks, actually, as well. So that'll be fun, too. We sure will. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And this was But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Thanks so much for listening, and we're going to see you next week. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> <laughs>